Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Hi, I'm talking to Ryan Coyman, Director of Training for Standard Motor Products. And we're going to go over some of the things he's learned about training in this new COVID environment we have. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tony. Good to catch up with you again. Yeah. I've been talking to a bunch of training organizations. We're doing a lot of virtual stuff. Everybody's doing a lot of virtual stuff. And uh, it's continuing, obviously, as we go into 2021. Hopefully, we'll be back to live events soon. But I wanted to touch base and see, you know, exactly what Standard Motor Products has been doing and what maybe you have learned a bit. So let's start with, tell us a little bit about yourself for the two people out there who don't know who Ryan Coyman is. And a little bit about what Standard Motor Products does normally with training. Yeah, absolutely. So myself, you know, I grew up as a technician myself and actually got into the training business. I met Jeff Masterman, who many people know uh, for years at Vision. And, and he said, hey, would you help write some case studies? We like to use actual stories from the trenches. And that's kind of how I got involved with training. And then after a few years of that, I moved me into a training development role here at Standard Motor Products. And you know, I must not have been good at that because they quickly elevated me to a manager right after that. And uh, here I find myself director of training. So I oversee our outside training team. We also have internal sales trainers here. Now I oversee our tech line services and our warranty team as well. So, uh, you know, true jack of all trades, master of none. But training in, in helping the, the automotive technician, you know, that's who I grew up with. And that's what I still consider myself. And so it's it's a privilege to be involved with training. And at the end of the day, we're trying to help automotive technicians do a better job so they can earn more money to bring home to the family. So it's a, it's a people business, you know? Yeah. We, we, as a company, Standard Motor Products uh, very much supports the aftermarket automotive technician. You know, our philosophy is if we don't keep educating and keeping the aftermarket alive, there's going to be nobody left to buy our parts at some point, you know? And so we very much support that. Pre-COVID, we were doing approximately 2,500 live events, face-to-face events throughout North America. We go west as far as Guam, north as much as Fairbanks, Alaska, south as far as Puerto Rico, east all the way to Maine, and everywhere in between. And so we're seeing about 70,000 technicians a year in those face-to-face classes. And we're seeing already about 20,000 technicians a year in online classes. We started doing our on-demand classes back in 2008, actually. And we were doing Tuesday evening webinars. Eventually, we realized that guys couldn't make it to Tuesday night classes because they have golf league or underwater basket weaving class or something Mm -hmm. like that. And they wanted to watch a recording the next day or Sunday afternoon or something. So we just started pre-recording them. And in hindsight, that was a little bit of a blessing for us here. So when we had to make that transition around March of 2020, and start shutting down the live training events, we we're already pretty well with doing this type of interaction already. And so the transition was relatively smooth. Mm. It's a different world. And we've had to step up our game a little bit with it and really bring the technician. And you know, we're a manufacturer. And so for us to interact with technicians, there's a, another layer in there, mm. being the, the retail customer or the, the warehouse distributor 
whomever is actually selling our class on our behalf. So one of the, one of the bigger growth areas for us in 2020 was bringing that middle level on board mm -hmm. and helping them understand the value of online training and how to interact and sell it and distribute it, you know, get it to the market. Well, one of the things COVID has done, uh, there's actually, believe it or not, some bright spots. Absolutely. In some ways, it's giving us a glimpse of what's to come. Yeah. Yep. Particularly on, on now on the collision side, you know, we're talking about all the vehicle technology claims frequencies going down. So, mm -hmm. so the shops are getting used to, to uh, work and, and survive and thrive in an environment where there's fewer claims. Mm -hmm. On the mechanical side of the equation, one of the things that I know I've often heard from technicians as well, you know, it's just not the same. I don't see it as much value. And I'm sensing that that's changing because we've kind of been forced to use it. Is that what you've seen as well? Absolutely. Hmm? I get emails every day, Tony, of technicians going, when are you coming back to in-person? I really like seeing Kale or Wayne or Victor or Ken, whomever, come into my town. Mm -hmm. I get it. They miss you too, right? When you're teaching in front of a screen, you don't get that immediate interaction or, or you don't see that wow or the confused look at them. And so we've had to change our strategy. So A, we've gotten better at it, but it's also changed the expectation level for the audience. You know, a lot of those people for a long time wouldn't come to a virtual class because I'm going to wait till it comes back in person. Mm -hmm. Well, after a while, it hasn't gone back to person in person yet. So they've said, you know what, I, it looks like it's probably here to stay. And, and I'm here to tell you, we can't wait for the day that we can go back in person, but a lot of it's here to stay. You know, to, to your earlier point, there's been some bright spots of this. This past summer, I took the family out to Yellowstone, which was great because nobody else was there. <laughs> we had the place for ourselves. But driving across Montana, Wyoming, et cetera, you hit these little towns that are three hours away from anywhere. There's one or two shops in town. Well, how, are, how have they been learning? You know, they're not driving three hours to Bozeman or three hours to Jackson Hole to, to attend an actual class. This has really opened a door for them. And we're getting positive feedback from all those people in remote locations that are now getting a, a much broader offering of training available to them. So we're going to keep reaching out to those people and, you know, continuing to service them in this method as well as, you know, we cannot wait for the day we can go back in front of a live audience. So. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of, we've all got a bit of cabin fever, I know. And you miss that uh, networking interactive, you know, aspect of what's going on. Yeah. But that being said, are you finding that you're actually training more technicians with the virtual side of things than you could live? We've always built up our training department based on demand mm -hmm. and flexible. And so we've had to uh, unfortunately make some reductions this year based on that demand. And so, no, we're not seeing as many technicians as we had seen in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. Approximately half to two thirds mm. is the numbers we saw last year. I think uh, 43,000 uh, registered attendees is what we had in the past year. So that's still a good number, mm -hmm. all things considered, but it's different. And uh, recently I heard the term virtual fatigue. Mm -hmm. and I think that's a very accurate, <laughs> accurate term of, we do a lot of these type of meetings and, it, and it's great. You know, you and I are a couple of miles away from each other here at the moment, but typically we'd be a thousand miles away from each other. Yeah. And uh, it's allowed us to do some new things, but it's still not the same as uh, a face-to-face -face interaction. Yeah. The virtual fatigue, I can understand. Even when we're in the office now, if we're having a meeting, we're steps away from each other. 
but we're all online because, you know, social distancing and all that stuff. It's handy for that. I'll give it that. And if you own Zoom stock, it's great. But (laughs) you've made adjustments. We actually at ASA, we're moving more virtual anyway. You know, our our publications have gone online. It's just a more efficient way of of communicating, I think, you know, general information. Technical training uh, is a little bit different because there is that hands-on tactile approach that I know technicians tend to be tactile learners. So it can be a bit of an adjustment. But everybody was doing webinars. In fact, you participated in a few of them, I know. And and you've yeah. also, SMP has also been gracious in, in some of our live events, which we hope will come back next year. But have you learned anything different from what you were doing based on the fact that all you could do was virtual? There had to be some, some aha moments. Anything like that that you want to talk about? Well, so we've had to sharpen our skill set a little bit on holding the audience attention, mm-hmm. if you will, you know, because... I'm guilty of it as, as well. I'm sitting in a meeting and all of a sudden, before you know it, I got my phone, I'm checking my emails and, mm-hmm. and some of that type of stuff. And it's easy to get distracted. And so one thing we've learned is more audience engagement. So we incorporate polls into our stuff. And so about every 10 to 15 minutes max, we're getting the audience to click on their keyboard and engage with their screen mm-hmm. and, and keep them engaged that way with it. You know, so... There's a lot of information out there. There's mm-hmm. some noise. And so we've, we've had to change our way to understand we need to connect with people better. Mm-hmm. And how can we do that through the screen here? An- another method is we've done hands-on training here at our corporate training center in Irving for way before my time. But one of the, the issues is flying people in here, putting them up in a hotel. They're out of the shop for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And so this has kind of forced us to think outside the box and uh, really through some of the various webinars with listening to some of the actually heavy duty truck manufacturers, they've been doing virtual hands-on classes for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've really ramped that up as well. So we're actually doing a remote hands-on two-day class on air conditioning at the moment. And so the user logs in from, from their shop and they see a little bit of PowerPoint screen. They see out in our shop, they see our instructor doing an activity. And then it's like, all right, shut it down, go out to your car and your shop, use your equipment and FaceTime yourself with me or record it. And I want you to do this activity yourself. Wow. We're here to oversee it. We're here to, to walk you through it and help you do that. But we're still kind of in the testing phase of that, but it's been overwhelmingly positive feedback on this because people are able to do it with their own equipment at their own location. You don't have those travel expenses built into it. So those are just a couple examples of what we've had to learn here a little bit to um, thrive in this new world, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) Said from, you know, we've been really good at shoeing horses, but all of a sudden we're in the airplane age and and we've had to adapt. Yeah. As as we all have. Yeah. That's understood. And, you know, it's interesting you say this. One of the things that when I talk to shops, they've said, you know, on the virtual side of things, shops are using things like tablets now before the COVID ever hit. And a lot of these things have cameras engagement. So what the, what you're describing uh, it would be something that could incorporate. I also like the idea of, the, of increasing the engagement. We do the same thing using polls and, and ways to, to actually, you know, stop and let's have a short a breakout session, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But one of the things I've been reading on, uh, and you, you kind of just tickled this with, with your description of how you're doing a hands-on virtual combination. I've been seeing a lot of, of businesses now that are mentioning you know, the virtual reality component to it. Yeah. Have you experimented with that at all? 
I've looked into it a little bit. I've uh, seen some other manufacturers doing that. Again, I kind of go back to that analogy. People are like, well, we're, we're happy with horse and buggy. So, you know, why do we need space travel or anything? Yeah. So some of that stuff was probably a little bit ahead of their time and the payoff wasn't there. It's a huge investment, financial and time. And then the payoff wasn't necessarily there. But again, in this new world that we're living in here, you know, that, that's expediting some of this stuff here enforcing people to reinvent themselves. I hold myself to read one book a month. Mm-hmm. And so um, you learn some new stuff and uh, creative destruction is a, is a coin uh, basically contributed to the Koch brothers uh-huh. or hate them based on their politics or environmental stance, but they talk about events like this, you know, making some of the old stuff go away and forcing your hand into new technologies. And, yeah. I think we're seeing that in training for sure. So, you know, one of the other things that when I've talked to some of the trainers that have been doing virtual, that everyone's been, was live up until that point, but there seems to be a general consensus that this has become somewhat ubiquitous in the industry right now. And they envision the fact that we're probably going to have some sort of a virtual component, no matter what it is we're doing going forward, or for no other reason to reach more people. Is that what you're finding as well? 100%. Yep. Absolutely. While a lot of people want to go back to the old way, there's the younger generation. I mean, you know, we've got kids that right now have been doing solely online school for approximately a year now, right? And so they're going to be entering the workforce at some point and they're going to go, I kind of like that method. Mm-hmm. And um, just in time information or just in time training, you know, we always say you need to understand something before you get to, to pulling it in your bay, but the world is changing all the time. And so absolutely, we're going to continue reaching those remote people, those people that prefer this, even niche style topics. I mean, in the past, we wouldn't really consider doing a Subaru class because only certain neighborhoods are going to be interested in Subarus. You know, I'm not going to sell that probably here in Texas, but in Utah, it'd be a hit or Vermont. Yeah. So um, it's allowing us to tailor our curriculum a little bit more into some of those areas. So there is some definite positives of this and I, I envision some sort of a mix. Um, hmm. At this point, my crystal ball's out for repair. So I don't know what that mix will look like, <laughs> but. Oh, you know, it's interesting. I, my daughter is a, uh, a new teacher. She just uh, started teaching this year in an elementary school. And of course, right in the middle of the COVID thing, <laughs> That's interesting. And she's an art teacher. Okay. Oh, wow. So talk about it. Oh yeah. All right. Visual. But it's, I feel sorry for the teachers. It's doubled their workload. In some cases, yeah. tripled it because they have to do both. They have partial live and, and partial virtual yeah, events. Correct. But they say that anything that existed when you were born is not technology to you. Okay. We've always yeah. known yeah. TVs, for example. You know. Yes. Yep. Smartphones, it's computers. It's, yeah. But um, it's interesting to me. There will be some changes, societal changes, I think, from yeah. this experience that, that are going to continue. Yep. And some of the, what we've been discussing in the shop, for example, they've been saying, well, you know, things like touchless service, uh, people like that. Yeah, absolutely. That will probably continue. And you and I have just discussed, you know, how some of the virtual components uh, of what we're doing will continue into the live arena when we get back to it. Yeah. Is there anything else that you've seen that you think is going to stick going through this? Anything come to mind? A lot of them come to mind, you know, especially <laughs> as I travel and stuff. I mean, you know, even onboarding and deboarding a plane uh-huh. is different today. Yeah. And I hope that sticks. 
when we did live training classes, quite often they're done at the Golden Corral or Old Country Buffet. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's going to be much different. But as far as training, I think that this better interaction and more of a human aspect to it, more conversational type piece is one thing I think we'll hope. And people are much more comfortable with logging in online, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents are in their mid-70s, their Zoom, go to meeting, whatever, very savvy with that type of stuff now. And so they're very open to doing this type of stuff. Whereas before, no way, no how are they going to even consider it. So mm-hmm. virtual is here to stay. You know, some of the virtual reality stuff might even be accelerated with it. But, you know, everybody's got a Zoom app or go to meeting app on their phone even now. Oh, yeah. It's just much more accessible. And yes, I think this will stick. I wish I had some, you know, great whiz bang uh, words of wisdom on, on some other amazing thing that's going to stick here. But we're going to emerge from this different than what we went into, right? Yeah. Well, I think one thing that I, I've seen grown, I, it's not just necessarily due to COVID, but the the need and the appreciation of ongoing training, I think, has gotten uh, much more focused in the industry. Yeah. You know, and, and one thing I've kind of noticed before Tony, too, is from the, the parts distributor standpoint, if they're going to host a training class, the expectation is they're going to have this big room that they have to pay for. Mm-hmm. They also have to provide a meal that they have to pay for. And so right now they're kind of okay with not having to pay for, for a room and a meal, you know, before every class, so they can offer it at a lower cost to the end user. So it's more accessible. But from my days as, as a shop owner or shop manager, even you pick your couple top technicians that you send to training, mm-hmm. you go, you know, I'm going to invest in, in these three guys and, and go. Or there might be, you know, there's kind of old guard of the old technician picking on the new technician and maybe not mentoring them the way he should have and discouraging him or embarrassing him to even go to class. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've recognized, but people will do some pretty strange stuff from the privacy of their own home in front of a computer, right? Yeah. And, uh, and they'll look up some strange stuff and might even go to automotive training. And so, so we're seeing a new generation of people you know, the shop that had 10 technicians and it would only send three of them to live, you know, in, in person training are now enrolling all 10 of them or yeah. uh, having them stay after work, ordering pizza and, and gathering around the, in the break room and watching a class together and encouraging the discussion from that. So I think it's a great thing for young technicians right now. Mm-hmm. The availability of information is like none that we've ever seen before in history and it continues to grow. That's one of those things I think is going to stick. Uh, the fact that it's actually broadened the reach, I think, of what we do. Yeah. Because it is so affordable from a shop's perspective. And that rural shop that you mentioned, you know, in many ways, it is we've developed tools and capabilities, resources, that remote shops can use just as easily as a shop that's in a major metropolitan area and get that training. And in some ways, I know we found, you know, when we do some training, we, we tend to record it as you do and build a training library and on-demand training has also become very popular. I would imagine you found the same thing, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. We've, we've by far had our best year with our on-demand training program and it's been sought out. And, you know, the, the idea is it's training when you want it, where you want it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, allow, allows the technician to access one of the training modules. You know, we've got close to 160 different topics in our library now, and we offer them in English, but Another blessing, I guess, of COVID, my bilingual instructors, I, I had four of them on staff, we're down to three now, they had time to actually convert a lot of our on-demand material to, to Spanish. 
Yeah. And, and so allowed us to reach a new audience there. So wow. we've got, I believe, 35 pre-recorded Spanish. That's a kind of untapped online market, if you will. Yeah. Well, again, uh, there's there's always a silver lining, I think, then, and we it's amazing what we do find. Ryan, it's been great talking to you. I don't want to keep you all day. Any final words before I let you go? No, hey, thanks for the opportunity and thanks everybody out there. You know, we, we appreciate your support and we're all in this together. We're all blessed to have, have a job to uh, allow the, the American public to keep motoring and, and moving about the country. And so it, yeah, it's frustrating jobs at some time, but it's, it's a fun job. You know, the automotive repair industry is one that's in my blood. And, um, you know, thanks to all the technicians out there. You know, we always talk about healthcare workers being frontline people. Man, my heart's with the guy who got in the, the dirty old car that's full of germ and bacteria and decided to fix it. So, you know, those are the true frontline workers in my in my book. You know, we're essential workers for a reason. Yeah. And you're right. And it was pointed out to me that, well, we'll never know. Uh, but I'm sure the fact that maybe one of our uh, one of our technicians found something and fixed it that prevented an accident. Yeah. You know, we save lives, too. And we definitely keep America rolling. So, and again, the backbone of that, especially with the uh, way automotive technology is advancing, is is got to be the training backbone that we have. And oh. Standard Motor Products is is one of the best. So, we want to thank you for what you do as well. Yeah, we've been able to do it for 102 years, and, and I'm blessed to work for a company that supports training and sees the value in training. You know, mm-hmm. because it's it's becoming more and more of an investment here. So, thanks for the opportunity. It's always great to catch up with you, and keep doing what you're doing. Well, as long as I can, I will. And uh, Brian, it has been great. I'll look forward to seeing you in person at some point down the road. So uh, thanks again for your time. We have been talking with Brian Coyman, Director of Training for Standard Motor Products. Again, Brian, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Tony. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala and thanks for listening.